Hey weirdos, in today's episode, we have Jeff the Snydog from Baseball Essential, and we're going to talk about Dodgers baseball. As always, it's going to be a very weird fantasy. Grab a drink and let's go. Look, I like you guys, okay? Especially you, okay? Don't feel bad about that, but I like you guys, so I'll tell you where it is. But, uh, but first, I need to see something, okay? And it's going to involve both of you. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to get weird. Two dragons. All right. So, Josh Cleveland, we have Jeff Snydog on with us all the way from the, what is it, mountain time zone where you're at there, Jeff? Yep, I am deep in the heart of Utah. Deep in the heart of Utah. So, how's the snow out there? Are you up in the mountains or are you down in the valley where you get nothing? Yeah, I'm right at the base of the mountains, so uh, we haven't, it hasn't snowed here in about a week. Uh, but, you know, we've had quite a bit this winter, so, and we're only about an hour from the ski resorts or less. So uh, I think my wife's taking the kids snowboarding in the next couple of days. So, yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh-huh. We're I'm jealous. so jealous. 100%. We love snow. We get all ice here, so. We got Jake here. He just got back from scuba diving. He's got a busted up foot. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Jeff. We know that you are the owner and operator of Baseball Essential. Give us the rest of your resume, my friend. Yeah, so uh, I also I do a daily Dodgers podcast with my, uh, my buddy Vince Samperio. Uh, it's called Locked on Dodgers. We do that every weekday. And uh, I spend most of my time cracking wise about the Dodgers on Twitter. I love it. And you do a great job at it. If anybody is a sports fan, they know about the Locked On Network. And, uh, and, and you are our Dodgers, our Dodgers friends. So this is what we're going to do, Jeff. We have a professional on here, a Dodger professional. We are fantasy professionals. I am a huge and avid Dodger fan. So I am super giddy about this show. So what we're going to do is we are going to feed you some Dodger players, my buddy uh, Jake over here, and we're going to play the stock up, stock down, or hold on some of these players. So, Jake, what do you got for us first? Let's get right into it. Okay, you Dodger nuts. We're going to start with uh, catcher Will Smith. Not the singer-songwriter Will Smith, but the catcher for the Dodgers. (laughs) Tell me what you guys think. Stock up, stock down when it comes to fantasy numbers and this catcher with the Dodgers. Jeff will let you go first. Yeah, I'd stock up if for no other reason than that he'll have a full season. Um, He came up, he he hit the snot out of the ball when he first came up last year. He struggled for a few weeks, and if you just look at his monthly splits, it looks like he struggled the last month of the season, but it was actually just about a week and a half that he struggled and then bounced back, and so he's got more seasoning under his belt. He'll come into – Come into the season knowing he is the the number one catcher. He'll be playing, you know, th- three or four out of every five games, uh, which is the most you can get from any catcher pretty much. And so, uh, if you're looking for a catcher, Will Smith is is I'd say top top five of who I'd be looking for in the majors in uh, in fantasy. Yeah, buddy, I'm getting jiggy with Will Smith. I agree with you unequivocally. I I literally have him number six on my my catching list throughout all of baseball for the very reasons that you that you mentioned he he has a lot of buster posey type of of qualities to him at least fantasy qualities to him he's going to give you a, a decent batting average 
a little bit of a little bit of pop and you know you mentioned that he's going to get a full season out of that so i, I like what you're putting down there jeff Excellent. what else you got there jake all right so we're going to throw a pitcher at you guys since we're talking about the catcher let's do walker bueller walker bueller is an ace in the making and uh at some point in the next four or five years he's going to win a cy young award uh if that's this year you're definitely going to wish you had stocked up on him uh he's you know my only hesitation with bueller in fantasy would be that he's probably going to be pretty popular among pitchers and so uh you know i i don't know that you can get him as as a value pick in your fantasy league but uh I expect him to be even better than last year just because he has another year of experience under his belt and coming into the season knowing that he is the ace. I, I think I expect him to be, you know, one of the five or ten best pitchers in the majors this year. And so uh, wow. I would definitely be happy to have him on my team. Loving it. Yeah, he is definitely going to be one of the players that if you draft, you're going to have to spend some some uh, some collateral on him. So he's probably going to be a, a top two round pick in your fantasy drafts um it depends on what your what your style is if you if you like to go pitching early but to your point that you mentioned his name is he's that of your ace in your fantasy and you know he's that of an ace on our dodger team um i got him number four as starting pitching and i expect a, a, a bigger year out of him than than last year as well so yeah, I'm very nice, it. guys. Yeah, very mm-hmm. nice. Okay, so Justin Turner has been, your guys' third baseman, has been in the news this week with him just railing on the Astros. So it, do you think he can actually man up this year with his he's, he's, his batting average last year was like 290, I noticed. Um, do you think, with what he's been saying the last couple of weeks, he can actually produce better on the field, kind of like releasing some of his anger towards the MLB on the field. How do you think he's going to do Jeff as a third baseman with your Dodgers? Yeah. JT is a tough one because he's getting old. Uh, I mean, old in baseball terms, he's like a decade younger than me, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to Justin Turner, he, he's got to fall off a cliff at some point. I just don't know when that's going to be. I expect him when he's healthy to still be one of the best hitters, you know, on, on the Dodgers team, a leader on the field. I don't know how much, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't probably go super high for him in a fantasy league because a lot of what he brings to the team is leadership and, and things yeah. like that. But also when he's been healthy, he has, he's been a great hitter. Last year he struggled it, the first month or so of the season, but most of that was health related, I think. And uh, you know, and then he got hot. And so uh, I think Justin Turner will probably hit until uh, when he's on the field. He'll hit until he's you know fifty. The question is how long he will stay on the field because he has had some injuries. Yeah, you're not going to take his uh, his batting average away from him, even as he gets older. He has that, and you know, like you mentioned, part of his on field value from a baseball team uh, perspective is that of his fire his leadership the color of his hair he's red hot when he's on and when he's uh when he's not injured but i tell you what injuries have been a concern third base is jam packed in in fantasy i i expect much the same as last year uh natural regression comes with age but with that said 
the Dodgers lineup is absolutely stacked. Uh, there's not going to be any place to hide, and that's going to keep his uh, his numbers pretty much average, in my opinion. All yeah, right, and because third base is so stacked, you might be able to pick him a little bit later. You know, let the other guys go for your Arenados and your your whatever that cheater on the Astros name is. I don't remember. Oh uh, no, you know, we don't we don't speak of the dead. We just sent yeah. a flak bomb over to his house. Ha- oh no, I didn't say that on national radio, did I? Oh. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> hope not. Oh, yes. No, we don't condone uh, violence. We do, however, condone disliking of cheaters. (laughs) And guys who lie about their height. And Alex Bregman fits both bills. You know who doesn't? Lie. Okay, I'm not going to go into the Astros. Oh man, oh, we're we're going to try to keep this keep this fantasy related as much as possible. Give us something else, Jake. Okay, so what about your shortstop? This guy is 25 years old, Corey Seager, 25 years old. He has been with the Dodgers five years, so he came into the league so young. But this guy has been very impressive with his stats. So immediately to JT's left. Is Corey Seager. Tell me how you think he is relevant this year with fantasy as a shortstop for the Dodgers. Yeah, I'd stock up on, on Corey Seager for a few reasons. I actually talked about this on my podcast the other day. Um, Seager last year had a really solid year, despite the fact that he had been off. He had missed most of his season uh, with two different surgeries. He had uh, some health issues and some consistency issues in 2019. And yet he still put up a career high in doubles. He had a solid batting average, a solid OPS, you know? And so, uh, I expect with basically a year more removed from those surgeries, I expect yeah. Corey Seager to be back to the, the form that won him the rookie of the year and third place finish of the MVP voting in 2016. That analysis is spot on. Let me consult the bones. You know what? I I agree with everything you said, 100%. With that said, when it comes to fantasy relevance, I am afraid that with the, all of the, the popularity of the Dodgers this, uh, this offseason, Mookie Betts coming over, uh, Corey Seager's name, he's definitely going to have a better season, in my opinion, than last year, but I think he's just going to be overdrafted compared to yeah. based off based off the name so it, i guess it just depends on how how the draft lays out but i'm certainly going to be looking for for cory seager in the fourth or fifth round if he's if he's if he's around and yeah, uh, shortstop's not as stacked as it has been in the past too true and that that's definitely definitely true we have another short okay let me ask you a question here uh jeff i'm, I'm going to take over on on this next one here so also is going to be coming in as a shortstop or a second baseman in fantasy purposes. We have Gavin Lux. So we have two great shortstops on our own on team. What do you think of the young man? I think Lux is not just fantasy, but yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I I think Lux, when you watch his bat to ball skills, he can just Mm. hit, you know, and uh, he never seemed overmatched. He had some struggles in his, in his brief call up last year. Yeah. But it wasn't from being overmatched, you know, even when he wasn't uh, when he wasn't getting hits, he was still hitting the ball hard. I think some of it was just bad luck. And and so when you watch him swing, you watch him hit the ball. It's hard to picture him not being successful. I think the one downside from a fantasy standpoint is kind of what you were saying about Seager. I mean, he was the number one or number two prospect in baseball coming into this season. And so he's got a lot of name recognition right now. And so I don't know. 
if you'll be able to pick him up later in the rounds. And, and you know, it is hard to take a 21-year-old guy with uh, or 22-year-old guy with, you know, very little proven major league track record. Uh, it's hard to take too big a risk on him. Uh, and so it's kind of it's going to be a balancing act as far as where you draft him, I think. That's good analysis. Uh, fantasy purposes, not buying in this year um, for the very reasons that you did. But I tell you what, this kid, well, I'm, uh, I'd like to consider myself one of those minor league snobs. If you find me on the message boards, like uh, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that like loves to talk about the minors and everything like that. The, the sound off the bat when it came to Gavin Lux, and, and I've seen a lot of his, of his games. So over here in uh, Springfield, Missouri, obviously you got Tulsa coming through. I've seen him, let's see, six times over the past uh, several years. Now, the last time that I heard a, a crack come off the bat like that was from our good friend Chin Fang Chen back in the day. Remember him, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> it has been a long time. So I, I do think that uh, that Gavin's going to be going to be a player, but it's not someone that I want to gamble on it, like you said. What else you got, Jake? Yeah, and I'll, I'll go ahead and add to that. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's brand new. He came in the league in September. That was when he made his debut. He did show that he's worth being in the majors. So maybe not big on stock on shortstops or second baseman, what he plays, but uh, I think he's going to be someone in the future that we can definitely look forward to. So actually, let's stay in the uh, infield here. Uh, Max Muncie. Okay, so this guy came across the bay. He was with Oakland. Now he's with the Dodgers. How do you think he's done for your team in the last couple of years, Jeff? Yeah, Muncie's been outstanding. He was, you know, he was a guy who. In early April 2018, like I bet you, 97% of Dodger fans had never even heard his name. And then, Max who? By, <laughs> by the end of that year, he had 35 home runs for the Dodgers, and then he had 35 more last year. And uh, in kind of a down year, you know, he 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 wasn't quite as good overall. Uh, you know, because I mean, he had the same number of home runs in an extra hundred plate appearances. Uh, but when you're down year is 35 homers, 98 RBIs and a close to 900 OPS. That's uh that's something you'll take and for a guy to come out of nowhere the way he did, you know, got to give a lot of credit to him. You know, I guess you credit the Dodgers for for picking him up, but most of the credit goes to him for turning himself into a hitter because that's not who he was mm-hmm. when he was with the A's and then you know he came down to LA and so uh, I was skeptical after his 2018 season. I thought maybe it was a fluke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's done, he's done it two years in a row now. And so, uh, I am all in on Max Muncy. Yeah, I would agree with you because that you guys wouldn't have known who he was because he played 45 games his first year, 50 games. And then he comes over to you and triples his production across the board for the last two years. Like you said, the 35 home runs in 18 and 19, you can just see his stock rising. He's a great player, Josh. Yeah. And to your point, uh, I was with you, you know, Mad Max. So I'm going to quote some uh, some mad money here. I was sell, sell, sell after 2018. I did not think that he was going to run it back, and I was completely surprised and, and happy. Not only did he do uh, just about as well fi- uh, fantasy-wise, but his defense went up and from a real perspective, a real baseball perspective. And... Uh, I don't know if that was just the positioning that the Dodgers analytics put him in, but uh, I he is one of those guys that you want to have on your fantasy teams, especially from a second base position, man. 
Awesome. Yeah, that's another thing that he did was he turned himself after 2018, he mm-hmm. turned himself into a passable defender. He was not yeah. good defensively at second base in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then last year he was, I mean, he made a great play in the All-Star game at second base. He, I, he's, still, he's never going to win a gold glove at second base probably, but he is, he's good enough to play there. And when you can hit 35 home runs and play passable defense, that's a mm-hmm. pretty valuable second baseman. Fantasy and Major League Baseball purposes. Yeah. Okay, so let's move out to the outfield. Uh, tell us what you think of uh, Cody Bellinger, Jeff. Who that? <laughs> uh, yeah, Cody who? Um, Cody Bellinger is, you know, I, I actually said this before last season, and mm-hmm. people kind of scoffed at me. I said, talent-wise, he's one of the top five players in baseball as far as mm-hmm. actual talent and skill and skill set. Uh, he had never put it together before then, at least not all the way. And last year he did uh, for, for much of the season. You know, it's hard to say his value is going to go up. It's hard to picture him being better than he was last year. But I do think from a fantasy perspective, one thing that might help is last year he wasn't as consistent. He was on fire in March and April. And then his consistent or his, uh, his performance gradually went down consistently for the rest of the season. You know, and he was still yeah. very good by the end, but not as good as he had been. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see roughly the same numbers as he had last year, but done more consistently over the season, which might actually make him more valuable from a fantasy standpoint because there won't be, you know, the peak won't be as high, but there won't be the valleys that he had last year. And and that's the thing right there. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to say stock down, not obviously because we think Cody's no good or anything like that, but he was a 10 war player. How many times do you get a 10 war player follow up another season with another 10 war player consistently wise consistency wise, you are absolutely right. If he was able to just, you know, lessen the, lessen the, uh, the, the valleys and give us a little bit more even Oh man, he is going to be, the fourth or the fifth overall player. All he does has to do is just show up and he's going to be a top 10 fantasy player at all. And uh, if you ask Carlos uh, Correa, uh, <laughs> he doesn't like him though, but we don't give a yeah. darn what Correa says, right? Yeah. Stock, stocking <laughs> down on Bellinger says a lot more about Bellinger's 2019 season than it does about his 2020 season. Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely. And, and make no mistake. We are, my wife and I, whenever we watch the game, like we have this thing, uh, when Cody comes up, I, I have to hear my wife, Julie say, Cody. Otherwise it's just, <laughs> it jinxed the whole at bat. We are Cody Bellinger fans in this house. So, yep. Yes, sir. Mookie bets. Mookie bets. What do you got on? What do you uh, got on Mookie, Jeff? I mean, Mookie had a down year last year. And so he was only, you know, probably one of the 15 best players in baseball. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I'm still giddy that he's on the Dodgers. Uh, it, it takes. It's hard to upgrade a team that won 106 games last year. Uh-huh. And Mookie Betts is one of the very few guys who you can say this is a clear upgrade for this team. And they went out and got him. And so, uh, I expect. I, you know, I expect Mookie to have a better season than he had last year. He's another yeah. guy who has that name recognition, so I don't think he's going to slip very far in your draft at all because he is understood. You know, if you ask a hundred baseball experts who's the best player in baseball, a hundred of them will say Mike Trout. 
But you ask them, who's the second best player? I bet 40 or 50 of them will tell you Mookie Betts. And so he's not going to slip in your draft. And so you're definitely not going to get a value pick on, on Mookie Betts. But uh, you definitely won't be sad if he's on your team. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So Mookie Betts in 2018 was the all-star, or was the all-star. He was the MVP for the American League. He was one of those 10 war players, and he followed it up with uh, last year, which was a great year nonetheless. I think he's a hold on that. Uh, you know, he's going to, coming from the AL, going to the NL. You don't necessarily get as, as much numbers in the NL, but at the end of the day, again, the, the Steakin Dodgers have so many play uh, so many players that are on base like it's gotta be pretty much even i think it's going to be another uh 295 year with uh with 30 to 35 home runs and if that's what they're going to give me oh man i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take it yep do you think that uh mookie's gonna show these guys how to cheat coming from boston oh boy i'm i'm interested to see what the red sox report ends up saying um yeah, I don't think they did anything quite like what the Astros did, and I don't, you know, Astros the Astros situation. There's no way all the players didn't know about it. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if what we see about the Red Sox is that it was a smaller scale thing that a group of individuals did more than a team wide effort. And so, uh, until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to hold out hope that Mookie wasn't part of the cheating. Jake. Uh, or Jeff, Jake's trying to trigger us. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to he's he's trying to trigger us Dodger fans. We, we were going to ask you about untriggerable in my old age. <laughs> I, on I, the other hand, am not. I do have one more question. Do you think that the Dodgers will re-sign Mookie after he's done with this little go around? That's up to Mookie. I think they definitely want to, and and they can afford to. And when you think about it, the Red Sox just traded Mookie because they weren't going to be able to re-sign him. The Yankees just signed Garrett Cole to a hundred <laughs> years and $6 billion. And so yeah. the, the richest teams, I mean, the Dodgers of all the rich teams, the Dodgers are the main one that are still in, you know, the Cubs are crying poor. So, uh, I wouldn't That's be surprised hilarious, if, by the way. <laughs> if a month into the season, if Mookie, you know, once he has a feet under him says, Oh, I like this. I like this LA thing. Okay. Let's work something out. And they say, okay, how about 10 years, 350 million bucks? Okay. Sounds good. Let's do it. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he signs an extension during the season. I also wouldn't be surprised if he goes to free agency. But even then, I think the Dodgers are the favorites to sign him if they want to. This is a fun little area. So I, I love this conversation here. This this might be a nice little time to take a, a little fantasy break and just just bleed blue a little bit. Here's my theory. Here's my theory, Jeff, and tell me what you think. I think that the Dodgers, what they should do is they should put his face next to Jackie Robinson for the rest of the year. I'm saying start a nationwide campaign about we're bringing uh, we're bringing African American uh, faces. We're gonna bring the urban youth back to baseball. Make it all about that. And then at the end of the year, hey, I'm not above guilt tripping <laughs> to get this man to be resigned. Man, I'm telling you what. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I could, you know, I could see that. I think, you know, not even just Jackie Robinson though. Um, mm -hmm. The fact is Mookie, he comes from the Red Sox who also have a, you know, a great history in baseball. Sadly, they mm -hmm. also have the history of being the last team to, <laughs> to have a yeah. black player on their roster, you know, 12 years after the Dodgers had Jackie Robinson. Um, and so it is a change in that way. 
Um, I, I'm pretty excited about the fact that they got him and David Price in the, in the same in the same trade from sure. a you know a multicultural standpoint. L.A. is you know always the Dodgers have always been kind of a trendsetter for you know they were the first they had Fernando the first Mexican star they had oh, yeah. Nomo the first real Japanese star you know they they've kind of always they were the first ones to scout extensively in the Dominican Republic and bring guys up there. Mm-hmm. And so, or at least they were the best at it for a long time. It, and it so, is a big thing uh, to get the, the, the inner city youth. I mean, that has been, it, it works well with Mookie's personality because he's, he's a good guy, by all measures, like you could tell that's something that's important to him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and with like LeBron said, James, right. You know, a couple sure. miles away playing for the, for the Lakers, you know, they could, mm-hmm. the Dodgers and Lakers are always, always kind of linked even before Magic Johnson was a part owner of the Dodgers. You know, and so uh, there, there's a lot of stuff they can do uh, with Mookie Betts, even if you don't go into the whole racial thing, just the the baseball history side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dodgers are a, a pretty awesome organization to to want to be a part of. And if they I mean, they'll, they'll definitely do a Mookie bobblehead this year. Um, you know, they, they I, I expect they'll pretty much roll out the red carpet for him over the next six or seven months and make it clear to him we want you here long term and uh whether he decides to forego free agency or still goes to free agency i I like their chances of keeping him long term yeah you know what and we're starting that campaign right now right here (laughs) a very weird fantasy locked on dodgers espn radio we are not above guilt extortion we're starting this campaign right now bring this man back (laughs) hashtag extend mookie Extend Mookie. 10 years, 12 years, back the truck up, get this man signed in Dodger Blue. Hey, Jake, why don't you tell us about Rogue Barber? Give us a, give us something here. Our partners at Rogue Barber here in Springfield, Missouri, their motto is you enter rogue, leave a gentleman. And I'll tell you what, my partner here, he's always rogue. But when he goes in there and he comes out, this guy looks clean. He's dapper. He looks really good. And I'll tell you. You're a guy that walks the streets. You are the walking billboard for Rogue Barber. Ryan and Daisy there at the Rogue Barber, they do a great job. Ryan and his staff cutting hair. Daisy has D's Wax Factory. If you need anything, gentlemen, any kind of manscaping, she will help you with that. Ladies, always, us gentlemen, enjoy a nice, clean woman. So go see our folks at Rogue Barber. Enter Rogue. Leave a gentleman. Yes, and go see our folks at Baseball Essential. That's where uh, Jeff is from. That's where he operates. Also, make sure you go and and listen to Locked On Dodgers just to make sure that you are up to date on everything you need with your Dodgers and your baseball needs. So give us some more names, Jake, while while we're rolling here. Okay, this gentleman's been with you guys at the Dodgers for 11 years. He is a great pitcher, the most fantastic beard I've ever seen on Clayton Kershaw. So how do you think he's going to do this year? Every year, this guy brings his A game. I, I'm i impressed. I'm not a Dodgers guy because um, I'm more of a Midwest Royals, and uh, that's my team here, Jeff. But um, watching Clayton every year, the guy, he brings the heat, and he I, I love his – he's a very good competitor. The guy, he is the guy I would want on my team. So how do you feel about him? He's This will be his 12th year. So how do you feel like yeah. how do you feel he is he gonna do good for you guys this year? Yeah, Clayton Kershaw is uh my favorite player of all time. And so okay. I, I'm it's hard for me to be impartial about him. 
I mean, the fact is he has lost some velocity the last couple of years uh, and just kind of not been quite the same pitcher he used to be. But he was still one of the best pitchers in the league last year as far as results go. One thing yep. that's really promising to me is uh, he changed up his offseason regimen this year. He threw more, and I saw a video of him from spring training the other day. Looks like he's throwing a changeup. And honestly, if Clayton Kershaw can develop a solid changeup, that will go a long way towards mitigating the loss in velocity uh, because it's all about keeping hitters off balance. He still has one of the best sliders in baseball and one of the best curveballs in baseball. And so if yeah. he has a changeup to mix in there, you can get by yeah. without the 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, my dream is still that he gets the 94 back, but uh, developing a changeup will be a close second in that. And so I, I expect I expect Kershaw to be roughly what he's been the last couple of years, which is good, solid, you know, not the ace. That's probably Walker Bueller now, but one of the best number two starters in baseball probably. How much longer do you think he has? Uh, a lot of that I'll tell you how on... much longer he has on his contract. <laughs> I know yeah, that. He only, he only has two years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. And then from then it's like, you know, what he wants to do. And, you know, if he can make that transition from fireballer to crafty lefty, which some guys can't make. And some guys, you know, by when I was growing up, Frank Tanana, I, I remember the day I found out Frank Tanana used to strike out a bunch of dudes because I just knew him as the crafty lefty, you know, and, but he ended up pitching for 20 years, including half of that after his fastball was gone. And so Clayton Kershaw could, could become that guy. If he can make those adjustments, get that change up going, uh, I could see him sticking around for another eight or 10 years, honestly. Uh, But, but I could also see him after 2021 saying, I've had a great career. I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm going to hang him up. I don't know. You never know what he's going to want to do. And that is what Kershaw is. Like, you know, he was the 94 guy for a long time. He has started to adjust. He, he can pitch. Like, he can pitch. He can become well, – look, at John Smoltz threw 100 or 98 or something. But also, depending on what he needed to do to, pro- to progress his career, he changed things up. He became more of a pitcher as it goes on, and that seems like the type of competitor that Kershaw is. In fantasy purposes, I am stocking up because people just get this idea that Kershaw's toast. And as you mentioned, he had a very good year last year, and it's not going away. Yeah, he if he could touch 90, that's fine. He's got the stuff to be a number two fantasy option and that is where i'm going to be investing him i'll be happy to have clayton kershaw as my number two pitcher or heck even my number one fantasy pitcher if i heavily invest in bats and i'll be fine with that 100 fine um david price do you do you think he's going to have any fantasy relevance this year he'll have relevance to the dodgers but fantasy relevance yeah uh, yeah, I, I think David Price is a pretty good dark horse to be a guy you could get late in your draft who actually might provide some real value. I I don't think, I mean, the Red Sox just saw David Price as a salary dump, and I understand that. Uh, but as far as his value on the field, I think he's actually could potentially have a really good season and, and be one of those guys who you end up saying, wait, they got him as a throw-in and he's one of the best number three pitchers of baseball, you know, that that's a, uh, he's definitely got the potential to still have 
the stuff. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a change of scenery helps. I know that he had some some issues with the media and stuff in Boston, like everybody does. And so <laughs> it's change of scenery might help. And and just, you know, I, I don't know if I go so far as to say I expect David Price to be really good, but it would not surprise me at all. No. And you know what? Like fantasy perspective, I'm not really going to invest much in him. But uh, when it comes to the Dodgers – at the very at the very least he's going to be a number number three innings eater number four you know innings eater type of guy maybe he catches a some fire midweek during the season or midseason and you you roster him for a little bit if you absolutely need him but uh that's just that's what david price is and you mentioned the 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 real topic there maybe he just needs to get that whole boston dennis eckersley garbage like off his back and just go back out there and enjoy the game and throw again. And that's uh, that. it's nice to go get some sun out in the sunny Southern California. Maybe that'll do it for him. Yep. Okay, I got one more for you. Another red-hot redhead. Oh, we should no. call him. <laughs> so this gentleman here is 22 years old. He first pitched, this last year was his first time pitching. He was 2-3. and three. So tell me what you think of Dustin May. Dustin May is really exciting. He's one of the biggest question marks the Dodgers have coming into the season. Uh, not really in a bad way, just in a what are we going to get from him and when. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's got really good stuff. And, you know, the two and three win loss record isn't impressive. But, I mean, a 363 ERA at age 21 is is really, really good, you know, and his FIP was even better. All of his peripherals say, you know, he was probably even better than that. And oh, so he was. What, what we saw in several of his appearances was he would get on a roll and then he would just kind of hit a wall. And so the big mm-hmm. thing for, for Dustin May is getting past that wall. And the thing that gives me hope about that is I'm old enough to remember when that was the exact knock on a kid named Clayton Kershaw. He yep. would, he mm-hmm. was so good, but you know, he didn't have the stamina to, you know, he, he wasn't throwing enough strikes. So he's throwing too many pitches. So he'd be at a hundred pitches in the fifth inning. And, and people were thinking, is he ever going to get to the point where he can go more than five innings? Well, he did spoiler alert. Uh, and you know, Dustin may, uh, you know, not to say he's going to follow the exact career arc of Clayton Kershaw. Obviously we can dream about that, but, uh, He's got the stuff, and and the Dodgers are in a position to work him slowly. You know, they have like nine starting pitchers, and so he can take his time. They can work him slowly and and give him every opportunity to to get the experience and make the adjustments he needs to make. And it helps that there's nobody in their division who's going to be pushing them, so uh, they can let him go out and lose a game in the big leagues uh, if it gives him experience to, to pitch better the next time, you know, they don't, they don't need every single win. And that's a good position to be in for a guy like Dustin May. Gun to your head, Jeff. I'm going to throw a quick, couple quick gun to your heads right now. Starting the season in 2020, who would you prefer as your opening day or not opening day on the, on the starting roster at the beginning of the year, Gonsolin or Dustin May? Uh, if I'm starting pitching, not or, relief. Yeah, either uh, one. As a starting, starter, not relief. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, I don't expect either of them to be in the starting rotation to right. start the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I but I would go with. Uh, I, I'd probably go with Dustin May right now, uh, just because he, like I said, his long term outlook. I think he's going to be a bigger star than Gonsolin, and Gonsolin has shown the ability to pitch well out of the bullpen already. Yeah, and so, uh, you know. I, like I said, I don't expect either of them to actually be in the rotation at the start, but uh, I'd probably go with May. All right, gun to your head, number two. Uh, who would you rather have on your fantasy team right now, not knowing anything uh, as to spring training or anything, Dustin May or Urias? Um, I'd probably go with Julio on my yeah. fantasy team because I think he will probably start the season in the rotation. And mm-hmm. so just as far as bulk, you know, uh, counting stats and everything goes, I think he's going to get more playing time, especially at the start of the season, and be given those opportunities to to succeed or fail. And I expect him to be pretty good. I think he'll have some, some bumps along the way, but I think he's going to be pretty good. And so... In 2020, I'd probably go with him over May. Spoiler alert, Urias is going to be my huge sleeper, huge invest guy. Uh, I think that he is going to have incredible fantasy value for where you're going to draft him this week. One more quick gun to your head. If you could trade Dustin May right now for Clevenger, would you do it? Oh, man. (laughs) Mike Clevenger's really good. He's got a couple years left to control. Um uh, I definitely prefer they go with the the quantity over quality and give the Indians, you know, five other prospects instead. Uh, <laughs> Dustin May is pretty high on my as close to untouchable as I'd want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, gun to my head. Uh, I guess no, but but oh, I definitely try to get get it done some other way. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I would trade him. Uh, you know what? I was the same as you until I heard Clevenger's uh, comments about Houston. Then I'm like, all right, he won. He won. I want that man. <laughs> I don't care well, if he's got you a You also know Clevenger just had knee surgery, right? Yeah. I don't care if he's injured or what. He's got t- another couple of years. Like, I, I want that guy. <laughs> I've, I've got a man crush on this dude now. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely with you on that. But I think they could get it done without giving up May. Yeah. Okay, I got one for you here. So this guy brings a little bit of attitude to the pitcher's mound. Kenley Jensen. What do you think of old Jensen and how he's going to do? He's been with you guys his whole career as well. So how do you yeah. feel like he's going to fit in entering in yeah, his I, actually 10th year? I'm really hopeful for Kenley. He spent the offseason at driveline working on his – mechanics trying to get his cutter back to being as consistent as it had been when he was you know maybe the best reliever in baseball definitely one of the top two or three and Mm -hmm. uh and talking to him and other people who are less biased than him it sounds like his his cutter has made some real improvements and if kenley can get back to throwing that cutter consistently and get that that confidence back on the mound uh i mean there, there's no reason to think he can't go back to being about as good as he used to be, which was one of the best relievers we've seen in a long time. And so, you know, yeah, I'm going to have to see it in action before I'm totally buying into it. I need to see him, you know, actually pitching 
in competitive situations actually see the cutter with my own eyes. Uh, but I'm very hopeful at this point. You know, he went from one of the greatest cutters that like we've ever seen. Let's, let's just call it like to now it's just, it's not cutting. I, I don't know what the circumstances is. I don't know if it's just the, the, the launch angle has just changed the way they barrel up on the ball or, or what, but you know, he doesn't throw as fast. Uh, he, he makes me nervous and I, and I'm in the same boat. I'll draft him in the, you know, probably 11th in my closing, uh, closing sections and, and, and pray for rain in a good way. <laughs> so let's have some fun. Let's just throw away the fantasy aspect. Let's just be fanboys now here. So I am a fan of your show. I listen to your show. Like it's just one of my, it's one of my things. What I absolutely well, love is the a segment that you always do about the go ahead and why don't you give us your segment that you, you just cut it right down the middle. Our obscure, the obscure go former for Dodgers. Yes. I have wanted to add this uh this to your list for ever and maybe you've done it you've had hundreds of shows or something luke prokopek <laughs> do you remember I, i'm throwing i'm throwing you a curveball here like do you remember luke prokopek i do yeah uh he was you know so the time he was mm-hmm. with the dodgers yeah. was kind of a weird time for me as a baseball fan because and I. Uh, I i was in college and I, so I was living in Utah, a Dodger fan living in Utah. That was before MLB TV, before it was really yeah. hard to watch Dodger games from Utah. And, you know, being a college student, I didn't really have that much time to watch baseball games anyway. And so uh, he's a guy who I am familiar with him, even though I don't actually have any memories of him. You know, I know he was Australian and I know yeah. that he... Uh, I, I picture him doing something against Comes the from Rockies. Toronto. He he came from Toronto along with Cesar Asturias. So and and I feel but let me first preface everybody. I feel bad for Jake right now because now Jeff and I are just about to go like we're we're cracking a beer right now and uh, and enjoying. Jake, why don't you crack a beer? Chime in if you can. But uh, I, I'm sorry if we're gonna leave you out of this. So back in those days, it was tough to, to be a Dodger fan. It was like the prospects that we had. I was reaching for anybody. You know, I was happy to have Cesar Asturias as a as as a prospect. Ben Diggins that year. Luke Prokopek was really good. Uh, he came from Toronto. He he had this little flash in the pan with the Dodgers. He was end up traded. I can't remember who they end up getting for, but. Uh, the the Luke Prokopek days came and left quickly, and but he was my my favorite minor league prospect at the time. So that's funny. I guess you said the name Ben Di- Ben Diggins. I've never even yeah. heard that name before. I just oh, looked see, him up. W- Turns out he never made the big leagues with the Dodgers. No. He they traded First him to the Brewers, pick. and he made the big leagues with the Brewers there. Huh. First round draft pick Ben Diggins. Is that correct? He was first round, right? Or it was the first selection that they had that year. Let's see. Drafted in the first round. Uh, yeah. 32nd pick overall by the Cardinals. Oh, and then so he's a first round draft pick two different times. Uh, oh, so, yeah, he, he must not sign. First round by the Cardinals mm-hmm. in 98 mm-hmm. and then first round by the Dodgers in 2000. Man. And uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a big fan of him as a signing, though. Look. Let me go down some uh, some prospect lanes. Like, uh, okay, so I mentioned Chin Feng Chan. This is back in the days where, again, 
man, just anybody who was okay to me was just like the greatest prospects in the world. Uh, I'm going to throw a name out. Do you remember Angel Pena? Yes. Um, but only, big boy only catcher. vaguely. I don't remember much about him. All right. So he was a big boy catcher. He was actually Baseball America's like 31st overall uh, uh, in their, their basket. Yeah draft uh or prospect list and never panned out i was gonna do everything i wanted him to every time he came up when he came up i went to go to each one of those games got his got his autographs and everything and uh it was a disappointment uh let me throw another one at you greg miller greg miller Mm -hmm. uh was he as much of a generic white guy as his name makes it sound? <laughs> hundred. Yeah. That got that got Jake up here. One hundred. So he was actually the tenth uh Baseball America's tenth rated overall prospect. He was really good, derailed by injuries, man. Like what a shame. Yeah, so what he never shame. even made the big leagues, right? Never, well, he came a couple, came up a, a couple times. So that was the Edwin Jackson, James Loney. That's when the Dodgers had the number one uh, minor league farm system overall. And Greg Miller was their number one prospect during that era for a couple of years. But, if he's the guy I'm looking at, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he pitched in the minors for seven seasons, but never made it to the big leagues. What's that? If it's the guy I'm looking at. He uh -huh. pitched in the minors for seven seasons, but never made it to the big leagues. Yeah, too many injuries. Too many injuries and was yeah. overshadowed by Edwin Jackson. Yeah, so it's fun. Let me ask you a, a question about uh, about Jock Miller here. Or Jock Miller. <laughs> Jock Peterson. So okay. he's still a little miffed. All right. He's upset that essentially the Dodgers use the fact that he is a uh, a part-time batter against him in arbitration. What's your theory on that? Um, well, A, I'm not totally convinced that he's that upset. Uh, I Obviously, he would have liked to have won his arbitration case, but I'm not convinced he's mad. I watch interviews with him. He seems happy to still be mm -hmm. with the Dodgers and everything. Uh, but overall, my overarching opinion on that is if you don't want to be a platoon player, learn how to hit lefties, you know? There you go. You know, I... Maybe he, he has seemed to have cooled off a little bit, but, you know, maybe it's all, you know, we're always looking for something to to throw some some fuel on, on the fire. And, you know, obviously, yeah. anytime you come out of arbitration, one side says you're bad, one side says you're good, and there's never any good feelings that come out of them. I'm the same way with you, man. Like, if you can't hit lefties... I mean, why are you, why really are you upset? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I took some issue with Ken Rosenthal's article about that mm -hmm. uh, because he, he said, you know, that Jock was willing to accept the platoon role and then the Dodgers used it against him in arbitration. It's like, no, he didn't accept the platoon role. Yeah. He got stuck with the platoon role because he couldn't hit lefties. You know, it's not like, yeah. You know, you know, Rosenthal made it seem like Jock, okay, for the good of the team. I will sit down against lefties, you know. No, it was they, – they gave him a year and a half in his rookie year and second year, say, can you hit lefties? And the answer <laughs> kept being a resounding no. And so they said, okay, we're going to stop giving you that opportunity. You know, it's not 
you know, it's not like he, I, I had people telling me, well, if he played on a different team, he'd be playing every day. Well, only if that team no. didn't care about production against lefties, because it's not like yeah. if he played for it in a different uniform, he'd suddenly be able to hit lefties. It's just that he can't hit lefties and he is a platoon guy. He's a great platoon guy because he hits the crap out of righties, but you know, and so he's, he's lucky he's left-handed because at least that's the, the bulk part of a platoon, you know, you can get 500 plate appearances as a, as a lefty platoon guy and you can hit 36 homers like he did last year. But at the end of well, the day, he is a platoon guy. And let's talk facts. Like this is, this is like rant, rant worthy for me because the, the fact is yet yeah, he can't, he, he can't hit lefties. The, the Dodgers literally put jock in a position to succeed. They said, Hey kid, go out there and do what you're good at. And hit the pitchers that you're good at. You know, he's saying that if he would have uh, hit both sides and his his arbitration number would have went up, I'd argue that it would have went down. Because yeah, because his, his, his overall his, stats would have been mm-hmm. significantly worse if he had had to. It, he he put up the numbers he did because he only hit in the situations that were designed for him to be successful. Yep. He's good in the playoffs though. And that's all that matters. If he's still around come the playoffs, then uh, I'm happy to have him running out there blowing raspberries and, uh, and kisses to all of us around in third. So Jake, you got anything to say to us before we, uh, before we close out? I am a full on big blue Dodgers fan now. My dude. I'm not kidding because got I've it done. Watched- that's right. I watched your guys play the last. We're not going to bring up who they lost to or why they lost, but I have always enjoyed uh, watching Puig do his thing. Uh, Clayton, obviously a great <laughs> pitcher. I'm not kidding. I loved him. Um, I've I've always, as far as a West Coast style baseball team, uh, the Dodgers are from LA, so I've always I love the big city stuff like that. And, I, and they've always kept out of the news, which I always appreciate from any ball club. So, hey, this year I will be heavily watching, listening to your show there, Jeff, and uh, and with Josh here by my side, always tagging along on all of our sports that we do. He's going to keep me abreast on how the Dodgers are doing 100%. Did you hear that, well, yeah, Artie Moreno? If, if... The Dodgers <laughs> are from L.A., not the Los yeah. Angeles Angels of Orange County the Dodgers are from LA. My man pounded over there, Jake. And Jake, so Jeff, if you're a Royals fan, uh-huh. you know, you've got if you squint just right, you you got the Royals wear the knockoff Dodger uniforms and you squint true. out and you've got the poor poor man's Yasiel Puig and Jorge Soler. So you yeah. know, you can if you look at it just right, you can pretend you're watching the Dodgers when we when you're watching the Royals. I just yeah. wish your guys' stadium was as pretty as mine. You oh, need to come out. Uh, sacrilege. Listen. listen uh, oh, man. You're fired. Kauffman Stadium <laughs> is in the top five most beautiful stadiums. You should come out, fly into Kansas City. We'll take you out, I've, wine and dine. I've been there. It's. Uh, yeah. I, I've been to every every stadium except for Minnesota and the Rangers' new one. Uh, and I was a big fan of Kauffman Stadium, uh, partly because it reminds me a lot of in a lot of ways of Dodger Stadium. It's yeah. traditional. It doesn't have any stupid, made up, funky dimensions. It's uh, you know, other than the fact that it shares a parking lot with a football stadium. Ew, sorry, hey, I'm that's not much the of a Super Bowl guy. winning football <laughs> team, there, buddy. Uh, I'm not yeah, familiar. Be careful, with the Super Jeff. Bowl. But uh, yeah, no, Kauffman Stadium is a great place to watch a game. 
as I remember right, they had some good helmet nachos. And uh, yeah, I liked it quite a bit. And you got the Negro Leagues Museum in Kansas City. And so that's enough of a good reason to, to go back to Kansas you, City I'll again. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why the stadium share a parking lot. So in the design by the engineers, there is supposed to be a roof system that can is on a track that will go over from Arrowhead over to Kaufman and back from Kaufman to Arrowhead anytime they need. So that's something that a lot of people don't know why they share a parking lot, why they're so close to each other, because there's supposed to be a retractable roof that they use that has not been used. And these two stadiums have been there for years and years. I mean, shoot. Yeah. We're talking back in the 60s. So Jake's dropping that huh. knowledge right now. Dropping that knowledge. And and yeah, Jake Jake offered you an invite. When you come by, we got the hookups over here. We'll we'll set you up. We'll uh enjoy each other's company and we're probably gonna see you over at spring training, right? Yeah, hopefully I'll be down there in a couple weeks down mm-hmm. in Arizona. So yeah, I'd love to see you guys. Very good. So we're gonna give you a minute to to plug your website and everything else that you got going on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I didn't mention before on Baseball Essential, it's at baseballessential.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually wrote an article last week that might be of interest to your listeners. And, you know, I know that Springfield is uh, kind of Cardinals country, at least partially. And I actually wrote an article last week about Gary Templeton and his yeah. 1979 season with the Cardinals uh, when he was the first player ever to have 100 hits from each side of the plate. And that record actually disappeared. According to more modern records, he only had 96 hits right-handed. And I actually dug through newspaper archives and proved that he really did have 100 hits. So uh, in the next couple months, as records get updated, Gary Templeton's uh, record will be restored to him as the first and actually only because Willie Wilson in 1980 did it for the Royals. Uh, but he actually is only listed as not having 99 hits right-handed, and I think that's actually accurate. So Gary Templeton, Look I think, you, is Jeff. back to being the only player ever to do it. So if you go to so baseball, baseball essential, essential is essentially setting the the record straight. <laughs> yep. So yeah, go what to baseball essential and just punch in the mm-hmm. search bar, Gary Templeton. You can read that article where I I've got screenshots of all the newspaper articles where I proved that he did it. So. Uh, yeah, check that out. Check out my podcast with Vince Perio, Locked On Dodgers. We're mm-hmm. on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers, and I'm on Twitter at Snydog, S N I D O G. It's just my last name Snyder, but with an og instead of an er at the end. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's about all I have to plug, except go Dodgers. Yeah, well, awesome. You know, and we want to apologize to our fans and your fans for this being a long episode, but we were just so excited to have you and and all of that. So we're going to close it up right now. Uh, Jake, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Yeah, obviously you can see find us on any podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, look us up on Facebook. Instagram is huge. Uh, Instagram is almost like the new wave of the future uh, for any kind of social media, and also on Twitter. Find us on all those platforms. Uh, definitely listen to us. We are the a very weird fantasy talking about uh, Dodger baseball with Jeff out in Utah. Yeah. Don't forget YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. And, uh, and it was a pleasure having you, everybody. Ple- pleasure having you, Jeff. We're going to go and say goodbye to everybody. We're going to drink a beer, kiss our loved ones, and good night. Alrighty. Thanks, Jeff. That was fun, man. Uh, what what'd you think, buddy?
Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Very Weird Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and I really appreciate you. We love you in a weird way. Have a great day. See you in the next episode.